You are listening to the Theologizing at Remedy podcast, a podcast of Remedy Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. The design of the podcast is to help the people at Remedy Church connect theology with community, mission, and care. All right, welcome to Theologizing at Remedy. Uh, We are here in our new, new, new studio uh, in Remedy. Third iteration. Uh, I'm Chris Miller, a pastor here at uh, Remedy Church, and uh, here with me is... I'm Fudd Chambers. I am the also pastor, lead pastor here at Remedy Church. And uh, so today we're going to talk about, um, in the midst of pandemic, COVID-19, we're going to talk about the importance of gathering as the ecclesia, the church. Yes. Um, and so uh, there's this little saying, if you've been around... Uh, remedy the last, I'd say, five or so years, you've probably heard one of the pastors, but especially Fudd, mention the, the four E's. And so why don't you go and lay, lay those out for us? Gladly. I uh, even said it this past Sunday. So uh, the four E's, the way that we want you to think about the Sunday gathering here at Remedy Church is eager, expectant, early, every Sunday. Eager, expectant, early, every Sunday, meaning eager. You are eager to be at church every Sunday. You are eager to hear from God's word. You are eager to be with God's people, your family, your church family. Expectant. You are totally expecting God to do something today at church every Sunday. You come expecting him to speak from his word. And as you hear from his word, that it will be news that is, uh, equipping, transforming, exciting for your life Uh, early that um, you don't show up late to your job. So why would you show up late to church? So you you come early, you you get here an hour, well, half hour before church starts so that you can see God's people early, have plenty of time for conversation, have plenty of time to do all the other things like check in your child, all that stuff. You've you've done all those things. and you are ready for the service. You get into the service. You think about hearing from God's word. You even pray before the service starts. You're early. Uh, and then lastly, every Sunday. And this is just a uh, an ongoing uh, problem in North America. Not ex- necessarily exclusive to Remedy Church. But everybody with travel and uh, being able to do things, lots of options on Sunday. We have become an, uh, a North American church that is accidentally part-time church attenders, meaning if we actually added up every Sunday that we went to at our church throughout the year, we go sometime somewhere between 25 and 30 times a year. And if there's 52, that's part-time church attenders. Uh, So I say accidental to be super gracious because I don't think we mean to. Like if somebody asked you what church you go to, you would say your church name, but you don't go to it, you know, 50 times a year. You go to it 30 times a year, and that's part-time. And so we at Remedy Church don't want that to be the case here. We want to be eager, expectant, early every Sunday because we believe it is the Lord's will that you would be with God's people every single week. Yeah, and we, we flirted around with uh, adding a fifth E, uh, evangelize, or perhaps we could throw in the, group, the Greek word, gelion, you know, bring the gospel. Uh, but we're going to stick with eager, um, expectant early and every Sunday. Uh, so, you know, as we're talking about just these E's, they're really, you know, it's not like we're just making this up and saying, hold on. 
I just messed up. Oh no. Hold on. Uh, do you want to use it? You don't have both. And so when we talk about the the ease, we're not just like making them up, but we're we're deriving these principles from the importance that the gathering holds according to scripture. And so uh, Hebrews ten twenty five is kind of one of the mainline texts. Uh, I'm going to start at 24. It says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all uh, the more, as you see the day drawing near. All right? And so Hebrews 10, uh, you know, there's this idea of stirring up one another in love, but... Uh, and how are we going to accomplish that? By not neglecting uh, to meet together. A couple of other scriptures that we could kind of throw out to, um, you know, show this would also be 1 Corinthians 12, or sorry, 1 Corinthians 11 through 14, really. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, which is primarily about the Lord's Supper. If you read in verse 18, it says, For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And so there's this idea again that even when he's talking about the Lord's Supper, it is when you come together as a church. And then also, you know, 12, 13, and 14, which are all in spiritual gifts, 14 in particular is all about when you come together as a church, again, how do you exercise uh, the various gifts that there's an order to it? There's an order of worship. Uh, that God doesn't do things uh, spontaneously in in the um, worship service, but there's an order to it that's demanded. Uh, but both of those are are texts that you can really see that there's an importance on gathering. And so uh, I'm gonna let you talk about this a little bit. But you know, why do we meet once a week? Uh, you know, why why once a week? Why not like once a month or right. twice a week? Or um, I think that the the reason for that is rooted in creation. So in the days of creation, you have the Lord creating in six days and the seventh day resting. And so it's clear from the scriptures uh, when you look at that, that this is the Lord's day, right? Um, even from uh, the commandments, the Ten commandments, it seems that the Lord has set aside a day as his day that we would properly uh, worship him on what was in the Old Testament, the Sabbath, right? That this would be a day for the Lord. Work six days rest on the seventh. Uh, well, that pattern is from creation that the Lord has given to us. And now as we go into the New Testament, when you read the New Testament, uh, in the, and because Jesus was resurrected on Sunday, um, the worship for Christians has become on Sunday. So the pattern's definitely there. Like we need to worship Christ uh, have a day set aside as the pattern of the church once per week. And so everything that we've talked about up until now, the eager expectant early every Sunday, Hebrews 10, 25, looking at 1 Corinthians 11 and 14, seeing that, that when you come together as a church, all that's falling under this foundation of there's, there's a day set aside per week from creation that you would, uh, the church would be in a pattern of giving this day to the Lord. Now, it's a whole nother podcast to go into Sabbatarians and, and, and all that. We don't have time for that. But what we can agree on as a starting place is that there should be one day per week, Christians would say Sunday, that you give that day to the Lord for worship. And so that's why we say when we look at Hebrews 10.25 that um, do not neglect this to gathering together. Like this means don't 
miss church every Sunday. Right. Don't miss it. Yeah. And, and that's, I, that's a command. Yeah. That's not a suggestion, a mm-hmm. holy suggestion. It's, it's literally a command. So if you're missing church on Sunday, then you are breaking a command. Right. Right. Um, Unless you're sick. You know, we understand that there's reasons, but, uh, and even, you could even say you're still breaking the command, <laughs> but um, you are supposed, I'll say it this way, you are supposed to be in church with your church family gathering together every Sunday. Right. Yeah. And I mean, kind of a, a, a very brief side note, one of the greatest evidences for the resurrection of Christ is the fact that there was a Jewish group of followers of Jesus who so powerful was this belief in the resurrection that they started meeting on Sunday instead of Saturday. Correct. Um, That's a huge deal. Yeah. If you think about it. Christ resurrected on a Sunday. He met with his disciples post-resurrection on a Sunday. Right. Um, And thousands of years of human history just decided in that, in that moment, let's switch the day of, of, of worship from Saturday to Sunday. That's a big deal. uh, By the time of the writing of revelation, um, it's even called the Lord's Day. Uh, so just showing, again, that this, this idea that Sunday is the day when we meet together right. to celebrate the resurrection. Which, for the podcast listener, that's roughly around 90 A.D. Right. So, you know, Jesus roughly was resurrected in, you know, the mid-30s A.D., so by 90. So within 60 years, they were literally yeah. using the verbiage of Sunday is the Lord's Day. Right, right. And, uh, so that's all first century occurrences. Yeah. It, it, again, that's what the gathering is. It's a gathering of believers who, in their hearts, they believe that God has resurrected Christ from the dead, and with their mouths, they confess Jesus is Lord. And that's what the gathering is all about. We're coming together, and we're doing these things. So let's look at the gathering in particular. What, what, what makes up, you know, what, what, what are the elements, if you want to say it that way, what are the elements that make up the gathering, and where do we get that from? The elements that make up the Christian gathering. Um, so we have a little list that we've written down. And if you go from church to church, you'll see different elements from, especially from what type of, the elements of a worship You also can just be the word liturgy. So when we say the word liturgy, we mean the elements that, uh, that should be in a corporate gathering. Um, from denomination to denomination, they'll be different. And mm-hmm. some denominations will hold to things that are more important, less important. And we're not so much talking about the way or the style in which those things are done, but what are the, the key ingredients, um, which we, you know, not just have a remedy, but they all have them. So we have these key ingredients that should be a part of this, the service. And then we'll, we'll put some Bible underneath every one of them. But the, the reading of Scripture, uh, the, giving, the giving of offerings— the teaching of the word, the singing of songs together as a church, and the taking of the Lord's Supper. Those are, those are five elements of the liturgy. Now, you can add to that some, some things here and there. You know, I think that there's freedom. I'm not necessarily a full-fledged believer in the regular principle. Um, so I, I know that there's some, some wiggle room in that. But in our service, at least, and I think in most kind of Protestant churches, you'll also have prayer, obviously. Um, but those are, the, those are the key ingredients of what should be in a service. Reading of Scripture, giving, the teaching of the Word, the church singing together, the taking of the Lord's Supper, and prayer. And prayer is obviously 
throughout it. Yeah, there's a um, a good Legan Duncan quote um, on what what is you know what is what should your average Sunday service look like, and the way he says it is: we read the word, we preach the word, we sing the word, we pray the word, and we see the word. And when he says see the word, he means the you know baptism mm-hmm. and Lord's the Lord's Supper. Right, um, right. So baptism should be a part of the service, just not necessarily every Sunday, right. unless you got somebody to baptize. But the Lord's Supper here at Remedy especially is. Right, and so the importance here is, is like all this is revolving God's Word um, in this. So let's look at each one of these things. Um, let's do, I, I, I'll read First Timothy 4.13. This is for read the Word. So we're going to give some scriptural principles uh, for where this comes from, why this should be in a service. First uh, Timothy 4.13 Um, Paul writes to uh, Timothy, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Uh, So, again, part of one of the things that Paul is concerned for with Timothy uh, in regards to the church is to devote himself to the public reading of Scripture. Uh, And so the way that takes place uh, mainly in you know the average remedy Sunday services in two ways. Uh, usually in the uh, call to worship, there's a reading of scripture that kind of calls us into worship, uh, and then also we before we preach, we read the text that we're preaching from, uh, whether it's a you know pericope or a particular part of a chapter or it's a whole chapter. Uh, we'll read it verse by verse, and we're we're standing up and right and. At the end of it, we say, this is the word of the Lord, and everybody responds, thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's the public reading of Scripture and its part. Um, to, to continue on that uh, with the teaching of the word, if you read that exact same verse, until I come, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, and then it says, to exhortation to teaching. And so you can also see within that there's also a, a command to make sure you teach the word, uh, an accompanying verse when it comes to making sure that you teach the word and here at remedy for us that's gospel-centered christ-centered expositional preaching that's another podcast but uh it says i charge you in the presence of god this is second timothy 4 starting at verse 1 i charge you in the presence of god in christ jesus who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom preach the word be ready in season and out of season reprove rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching so uh Along the same lines, you can see a place where we're commanded to uh, preach the word. And this would obviously play out in the life of the gathered together local church assembly. Right. And um, so moving on to, I guess we could go to singing, singing the word. Uh, we see this. Yeah, you could just drop the, the, the book of Psalms, the entire book. Uh, really, is just uh, the word of God put to song. Um, but... Uh, it, particularly to the New Testament church, uh, we see it in Colossians um, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colossians three, let me read it. Three sixteen says this: Let the word of Christ. So again, we're focusing on the word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts and to God. And so. Interesting enough, like the, the, the command there is let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Well, how do you do that? Well, by teaching it, by admonishing people according to it, and by singing it. And so one of the, one of the ways that we're allowing the word to dwell richly in us is when we gather together and we sing the mm-hmm. word, which is why, you know, 
songs, you know, the songs that we sing uh, really are derived directly from Scripture. Um, they should right. be at least, right? And right. magnify Christ in the gospel. A, a parallel text that says almost the exact same thing as Ephesians five nineteen, where it's where it's be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, I mean, not everybody, everybody's supposed to sing. Not everybody necessarily sings well, but everybody's still supposed to sing. That's the point, is that we come together and we sing. And there's, there's also, uh, in the Bible itself, if you look at Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 20, that's called the Christ hymn. It was largely believed that this was actually a hymn that they sang together, starting uh, chapter, like I say, Colossians 1, chapter uh, 1, verse 15, and also Philippians 2. Uh, have you heard that that was also a Christ hymn? Yeah. Philippians 2, uh, where it talks about Christ, the, who he was, where there's the teaching of Christology, basically in two, maybe starting at 4 or 5 and going down to verse 11. Mm-hmm. That's also another one of the uh, kind of inserted into Paul's writings where you have, where you have scriptures. So it's uh, interesting for sure, I think. Right. Um, we already talked a little bit about the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11 when he gather together as a church and one of the things that he talks about is he's critiquing them because people are there's divisions rising up because of how people are taking the lord's supper some people are excluding others or they're not waiting for them there's division amongst socioeconomic lines there's uh you know the rich and the poor uh there's people who are (laughs) apparently getting drunk off of the wine of the supper so they're they're taking it wrongly um uh, but again this is the supper itself just when you gather together, it demonstrates this unity that is given to us in Christ. Everyone who comes to the table, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're a female or a male. It doesn't matter, um, you know, any of you, it doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter what country you're from. The only thing that matters at the table is that you believe in your heart that the Lord uh, was resurrected by God and that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That That's the thing that bonds us and enables us to go to the table. And when we do that, we literally, it says, right, we're proclaiming the Lord's death uh, until he comes. And so that, that's what we mean by, like, see the word. You're, you're seeing a visible demonstration of the gospel played out and the effects of the gospel uh, in, in the unity of the supper. Right. Um, just as a, a way to show also that prayer goes in service. So um, you could get into a lot of discussion when you come to 1 Corinthians 11, especially in the head coverings section. But Paul does make clear when you look at verse 4, let every man who prays, and in verse 5, let every wife who prays. So uh, people can pray in the service, uh, and they should pray in the service. There's, you know, this is uh, stated explicitly and not necessarily the point that Paul's making in 1 Corinthians 11, but it is stated explicitly that uh, prayer is a part of the service as well. Right, yeah. Um, and I mean, in Acts, it's one of the things that they, the early church devoted themselves to is apostolic right. preaching, prayer, fellowship, breaking bread. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the, the only other element that we haven't talked about is giving. But uh, recently, uh, we've been going through Second Corinthians. We're mm-hmm. currently in the middle of it, 8 and 9, which mm-hmm. is really a passage that uh, covers this idea of giving. Um, uh, I guess a rough summary of it is, you know, we are to give patterned after the gospel, not by compulsion, but of our own free will, 
motivated by the Christ who gave. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that, you know, you talked about it this last Sunday, uh, that beautiful verse in Second uh, Corinthians 8 and 9, where it says, you know the grace of, of Christ, right? You know that Christ, who was rich, became poor, and in his poverty we have become, uh, we were made rich. And so we're to pattern our giving, uh, whether it's to another church or to the poor, or uh, particularly in, t- in uh, giving to our own local congregation, we're to pattern that after the good news of Jesus Christ himself. Correct. That's good. And you can also look in Second Corinthians 9 uh, as well. So, right. so those are some of the elements of uh, what the worship service should look like. And, of course, some services might have more, some services might have less, but they should have those, uh, not less, but they should have those, I think, elements. Um, here at Remedy, which you probably can see, we have a major priority when it comes to the preaching of the word as being part of the service. Um, uh, not just with, you know, our quote unquote architecture, and for that to us just means a music stand <laughs> in the middle, uh, but, but putting the music stand in the middle of the stage is theological. So there are churches that have their teaching lecterns or their pulpit uh, off to the side. Right. And they put the Lord's table in the center. And that's mm-hmm. theological. What are they saying? They're saying the supper is the most important part of the service, um, not the teaching of the word. But for us, it's the teaching of the word is the most important part of the service, which is why we put it in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not saying that singing is not important, but we're saying for us, sitting under the primacy of the word is so key for us. And, you know, if you look at it in our time frame for 55 minutes out of an hour and a half, we're going to be under the word because we believe that whenever the pastor elder is, is teaching God's word, that it is the Lord speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so God is speaking and we mm, need to listen. Yeah. As Stott says, he's a man standing between two worlds. When a pastor steps mm. into a pulpit, he's literally between the two worlds of the kingdom and the earth. And he's speaking on behalf of God to people. He's literally standing between two worlds as he preaches. And so uh, as we preach on Sundays, that's why we say things like, Lord, fill us with the Spirit so we can say what you want. Move our personal thoughts mm-hmm. out of the way so that you are teaching here. And let me be a student just like everyone else. We're, we, we are listening, in a way, to the sermon as well. And why we want, if there's any personal thoughts of the pastor, that those things are those things are falling to the wayside and that is God speaking. So... Uh, for us at Remedy, one of the key elements, of course, is um, the Word. And, and the Lord's Supper is too, but um, it's right afterwards, you know, yeah. and why we have singing after. Yeah, I mean, one, one, of the ways that I, one of the ways I like to think of it is why, why, why the preaching? Why is that the, the center, right? Because you'll hear some, especially in modern day, you'll hear some critiques like, oh, the Reformation, they, they just made it sermon-based and they, they removed all this other good stuff. And people will throw that out as a critique. But here's the thing. Um, all these things that we just went through, these elements— they literally mean nothing, nada, if they're not accompanied by faith. Like, mm-hmm. if, I, if I take the Lord's Supper, but I don't have faith, mm-hmm. it means nothing. Yeah. It literally means nothing. In fact, I'm actually violating it by mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when Paul says in Romans 10, you know, where does faith come from? It, it comes from hearing, hearing the word. And so when you put the pulpit at the center, you're just saying, what is the center? What is the thing that makes all of these elements come alive in the life of a believer? What's well, faith? 
Mm-hmm. Well, where does faith come from? The pro- proclamation of the word of God and people hearing it. And then, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit doing his work and then it produces this faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that, that makes the whole service run, the singing, everything. Uh, right. And so that, that's, that's why we put it in the center. Maybe we could do a whole podcast probably on that. You could put the, the, the phrase Christ-centered on every one of those elements, right? Christ-centered right, yeah. reading, Christ-centered right. giving, Christ-centered preaching, Christ-centered singing, Christ singing. But we're starting with that premise of we think that's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this, this last thing is, you know, what, what on earth does the gathering have to do with community mission and care, community mission and care. at uh, Remedy? Um, well, I'll, 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 do a quick, I'll do a quick sketch of, what I, of how I think you can do community mission care of those three, and then you do that as well. All right. So uh, the gathering is for, for the purpose of coming together to worship God, but there's also a horizontal component to it, that there is something to gathering together with your church family. And so you are, you are living out community with your church family. We love it that after we're done, people stand around in the worship center or in the lobby for 30 minutes and talk. And that's, that's actually God's design. It's a good design. So you practice community also with this horizontal uh, design within the Sunday gathering of being with your church people. It's good for you to do that. Mission, um, hopefully, we finish the service every Sunday by reciting the, the, the Great Commission. It's not a key essential element. You notice we didn't put it in there, although you could put it under Scripture reading. Right. Um, but we, we think that, that the Sunday s- service um, equips you to go live a life of mission for that week. Mm. And so it's a good thing to have uh, the, the gathering have this emphasis on mission and, of course, care um, as you're doing community with each other, as you're talking to each other, you have this opportunity each week to care for each other. Maybe not with physical needs because you didn't bring, you know, a meal on Sunday. But you do have a way to, as you're talking with people um, after service or before service, to hear what's going on. And you care for them by encouraging them, giving them the word, reminding them of the gospel, praying for them in the lobby, sitting on the side and, and having a long conversation about how they're doing spiritually. These are all opportunities for you to do spiritual care for each other every single Sunday. So you have an opportunity to do all three every gathering. What you got, Chris? Yeah, uh, I mean, echo most of the same stuff that uh, you just said. Um, when I think about it, you know, the purpose, what is the purpose of the, the church? Uh, you know, the main purpose is it, it's calling people into community uh, but a community that has a specific purpose, which is to worship God. Um, and so when we talk about community mission and care, all of it really is under that umbrella of worship God, give glory to God, right? Give thanksgiving to God, express your faith to God in the reading of Scripture, the preaching of Scripture, the singing of Scripture, the praying of Scripture, all those things. Um, so, like, you, you really can't, there's not an element of community mission and care that can be really separated from uh, so if you if you tried to separate those elements from the gathering, you would find yourself really quickly getting off mission, off the you know the great commission, the go and make disciples of all the nations. Like, well, what, what do you do with the disciples when you make those disciples? Well, you gather them together, mm-hmm. right, so that they can remind themselves and they can be sent back out. They can scatter out to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. And so uh, another kind of. So I'm just echoing what you said. But another kind of maybe secondary thing to say about it is really the, the Sunday gathering also serves to inform how you worship in your house, how you worship personally, and also 
like you were saying, like we could throw community groups mm-hmm. or even just like I'm discipling one or two people, mm-hmm. uh, how, how we worship together. Like a GCD. Yeah, the, these same elements should make their way into our personal worship and our communal worship, our f- familial worship. Um, with you the know, exception of the Lord's Supper. Right, with the exception of the Lord's Supper and, and maybe, maybe uh, giving. Uh, you probably, but even that, right, to a certain right. degree, right? If you find out that a brother has need right. or something, you might give them. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, so Generosity, for yeah. sure. So there's definitely uh, elements that are reserved for the gathering, but all these things can be broken down uh, in the home, like reading scripture to my family, uh, teaching some of the scripture to my family, uh, singing uh, God's word with my family. All of this is driven to teach people how to worship God. Mm-hmm. And that obviously is going to apply to every facet of community mission and care um, all the way down uh, through the levels. Uh, but mainly it's about this is where you come together and you're, you're worshiping God together and you're also being equipped so that you can go out and uh, do these things, community mission and care, making disciples. Um, so that's, that's probably what I would say. That's all I have to say about that. Nice. Well, me too. Yeah. All right. That's it. So uh, remind them of the four E's. Eager, expectant, early, every Sunday. Yep. And that, you know, we're celebrating that the fact that Jesus resurrected from the dead. That, that should be enough. Every Sunday. That should be enough. The Lord's Day. All right. Thank you for joining us at theology, Theologizing at Remedy in our new, new, new studio. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.